Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. My lovely co-host today is Sandra Carusi. She's from Inside Jokes. And today, our special guest is Leanne Townsend. She's a family and criminal lawyer, a relationship blogger, and life coach. And um, we're talking to Leanne about the legal as well as emotional aspects of abusive relationships. Now, the rise of women today is apparent with various movements going on. However, in Canada, domestic violence is still proven to be a gendered crime, and women represent 83% of spousal abuse victims. So here we are with Leanne, and uh, so so nice to meet you. You and I have been chatting on Instagram, I think, for about a year now, right? Yeah, it's been about a year, and yes, it's nice to finally meet in person, uh, and I feel like I already know you so well just from uh, Instagram. I know. I know when we met outside, you're like, oh, can I hug you? I feel like I know you. I'm like, I hug everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so abuse is a pattern of behavior used by one person to gain and maintain power and control over another. So what are the different types of abuse? Uh, well, there's a number of types. I mean, the, the most obvious one is physical. Um, that's, you know, the one that is most clear, I think, and easy for people to identify. Um, but there's also, of course, verbal, emotional. Mental. Mental, psychological, um, sexual. I mean, sexual and physical, I think, overlap a bit. But And there's overlap amongst all of them. Um, but uh, all types can be equally damaging. They just have different, you know, different effects. And I think that for so long we've focused on the physical. We're only now starting to look more at the other types. And what are some of the initial signs that a relationship is becoming abusive? Uh, I think the biggest one is control issues. Um, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone or you're dating someone and they are trying to have control over you, like where you go, who you hang around with. Is um, control really considered abusive? Well, it yeah. can be when it's excessive. And, and it's a common thing that abusers <clears throat> all have is, a, you know, a desire to control. Um, and then jealousy would be sort of another thing that goes hand in hand with that. If you start dating someone and, you know, they seem to be jealous of your old boyfriend or your ex-husband and there's really no reason for them to be. I mean, that would definitely be a huge red flag. Um, Can I ask you something when we're talking about all of this in terms of abusive relationships? It applies to colleagues as well, girlfriends. Does it apply to all relationships in your life or are they different? Um, well, it certainly it can apply to all relationships. I mean, even within families. I mean, yes. the way some parents treat their children, the way some children treat their parents, siblings. Uh, it's you know, it's definitely widespread. Um, the dynamics. I think there's probably some similarity and some differences depending on whether it's in a partner relationship or not. Yeah. Okay. And um, what are some other signs of that? You know, you have an aggressive partner. Um, well, even, um, you know, one type of abuser that's been commonly talked about is the narcissistic abuser, or the oh, narcissistic yes. personality disorder. And someone like that, I mean, you Gross. meet them. The ups and, and downs. Well, and they're very charming at the beginning, right? Yes. They sweep you off your feet. feet. It's a whirlwind. Um, and it, they get, it seems like 
wonderful. They're charming. And, and they buy you things. Exactly. And they, they, mm-hmm. Yeah, they reel you in, right? Exactly. And they're not I showing any of signs of physical <laughs> stuff, or, you know, maybe your aggression at that point. It's more they're just like they're making you like this goddess on a pedestal. Um, so I think that could be another sign if, if something's happening too fast or someone's you know, it almost seems too good to be, you know, like anything in life, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Um, so those, and, and if they want to get clo- like exclusive with you very quickly, you know, they kind of want to have a yeah. committed relationship very yes, fast. Yes, totally right. So let's talk about what usually keeps people in abusive and aggressive relationships. Um, well, I think one can be fear. Yeah, fear. Yeah, um, Fear of leave, like fear for safety. You know, they, if it's a really aggressive relationship, they might be afraid if they leave that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they could end up dead. Um, but also just fear of the unknown. I think, you know, there's a lot of people who've been with someone a long time. They're afraid, you know, will I ever meet someone else? And, you know. And, and no money, right? Nowhere to go. Financial dependency. Yep, for sure. Like that's another one. Um, I do think love. I think that, you know, people have an emotional, in their mind, it's, it's a love for this person that's been abusing them. So they, they have mixed feelings about leaving. Um, there could be family pressures, cultural pressures. Um, there's, you know, lots of things and, and codependent relationships, too, where there's a dance that the abuser and, and abuse, victim are kind of doing with each other, in a sense. And so what if someone threatens your life? What can you do about that? I mean, okay, so I'm with someone and he threatens that if you leave, I'm going to kill you. I call the cops and go, this guy just threatened that he's going to kill me. I mean, he, he's not going to stay in jail long, right? Um, well, there's a lot of factors that would come into that. I mean, first of all, a threatening death or threatening bodily harm is a criminal offense. So if someone has done that, you should call the police and the police will come and they will lay a charge um, because but it is But laying a charge, really, I mean, what's that going to do? Well, laying a charge. initially, it will remove, if you're, say, married or living together, it will remove him from the home. Um, he will have to go either to... Uh, the station and then to bail court um, or if he's released at the station there'll be conditions on him either way that he's not to have contact uh, with you or with the victim um, to stay away from the home of the victim any place he or she works um, no weapons there'll be a, a bunch of conditions on him uh, as the process goes through court interesting we need to take a break we'll come right back to this you're listening to the dating and relationship show on global news radio 640 toronto we're talking about abusive relationships you're listening to the dating and relationship show with laura Bellotta. From singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. My co-host today, Sandra Carusi of Inside Jokes. And we have Leanne Townsend in studio with us. She's a family and criminal lawyer and life coach. And we're talking about abusive relationships. And uh, Sandra had a question for you before the break. Quickly. After the woman charges them, and I just love the lovely police officers who just say, yep, we're going to charge him and this is what we're doing. And then the guy is then released and can go back just because he's got a restraining order or whatever. He's angry. He's going to go back. What if he goes back and takes her out, kills her? Well, I mean, if he goes... And that does happen, right? It it does. Well, it has happened. And that's why we've had inquests at times over the years. Like someone's been released from bail court. 
um, and got out and murdered the the woman. And, yeah. and we've had a number of inquests. So, you know, he's he's on conditions. I'm saying he. It could be yes. she. I'm, but, yes. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, he, he's not supposed to. But, yes, he, he could violate those conditions. But when someone is charged to you, the victim is usually put in touch with victim services and the victim witness assistance program. And so they talk to her about things like safety planning. Um, but there are people that have mental health health issues Mm -hmm. and no matter what happens to them what arrests you know if they get arrested or not whatever like they're gonna go back and that would be my fear if I was in an abusive relationship with someone that had mental health issues right well definitely you know it's you can't ever a hundred percent I think protect yourself Um, you know women's shelters are also you know designed to help with that because it removes you from the home you're at a location where maybe he doesn't know where you are and there is some form of security there so he can't get to you Um, you know so that would be maybe one way of, of getting some form of protection but um you know with somebody who's mentally ill it, you know unless they're locked away after a conviction it, you have to do whatever you can to protect your own safety mm-hmm. let's talk about verbal abuse i mean that's a form of abuse that's probably one of the most common ones i would think uh, it's definitely one of the most common ones it's not a criminal offense uh, yet um, to unless you're threatening um, somebody but it can certainly be just as damaging as physical abuse you know people always say the physical scars heal but the the verbal or you know mental ones don't um, and so you know it's definitely a problem in relationships now you mentioned that control is a form of an abusive relationship um, what if a partner likes to exercise control by putting passwords on your devices or controlling your bank accounts, for example? Is is this a type of abusive relationship? Well, definitely. I mean, I would say those are huge warning signs, huge red flags if you're you know, if you started dating someone or it's progressed and they're doing that. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and there are people that put up with that garbage nonsense, but please don't put up with any of that. I mean, you're better than that. Nobody needs to put passwords on your phone and... And if, you know, there needs to be trust in a relationship. Oh my gosh, And if there's no trust, then move on, like find somebody else, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um... How about the people that let their partner off the hook by saying, oh, they just had a bad day or Mm -hmm. they just have a bad temper? Their boss. (laughs) How do you you know if it's more than just this, like a bad temper? Well, I mean, I think it's part of it could be context and part of it is the repetitiveness of it. And part of it is, I mean, there's certain things that are just always wrong. I mean, any form of physical, you know, assault or touch Mm -hmm. pushing, uh, you know, is wrong. There's no context that's going to justify that. Um, and, you know, like with words, I guess, you know, it, that's where I think the context might matter. Like, you know, you could be in a relationship where you kind of tease each other maybe sometimes. Like you just ate a big piece of chocolate cake and you're really full and your partner's like, you know, oh, like don't you look all, you know, doesn't your tummy look all full and, and big? But say it in a kind of a teasing, joking way versus I like you look really fat. I can see that going wrong. <laughs> it probably go wrong. Yeah. It might not be abuse, depending, you know. But it could be, you know, it will be well received, I'm sure. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> At least going it wouldn't be by me. <laughs> very wrong. Okay, so what are some of the common next steps after someone identifies that they're in an abusive relationship? 
Well, I think the first thing would be to assess safety, um, because if you're in like if you're in immediate danger, then you know that needs to be the priority, and devising a safety plan is important. Um, definitely talking to somebody, because a lot of people who are in abusive relationships don't you know, they're ashamed or they're embarrassed, so they don't want to tell anybody. Is that the reason why they don't tell anybody? Because they're ashamed and afraid? I think that's one of the reasons. There could be, there's other reasons too, because the, the abusers often cut them off from, you know, they don't like any of their friends or family, so they tend to try and isolate them from these people. Um, but I think a lot of them too, they are embarrassed because they know there's a voice in their head that knows it's wrong, um, but they're silencing that voice and continue to put themselves in the situation. Wow. So you suggest then talking to a close friend or family member if you're going through abuse. For sure. And, you know, and also, like, if, if you are in an abusive relationship, like, it's not going to change. So you need to plan to get out of it. So Yeah, this is really important. People don't change. You know, people get into relationships and think, okay, well, you know, I don't like that about that person, but they're going to change. It's going to change. Things don't change because if you allow that behavior, especially in the beginning, it's going to continue forever, mm -hmm. right? So let's talk about that, Leanne. What can you tell us about that? Um, well, people don't change. So if you're in an abusive relationship and you're thinking that, oh, well, he's going to change, you know, I just need to do this or that, it's not going to happen. So, you know, nobody should be in an abusive relationship. So you should start looking at ways to get out of it um, and, you know, and talk to people so that they can keep you, you know, in the mindset that this isn't going to change and this isn't acceptable. Are there resources where people can go? So what if they don't have family or friends. They've shunned everybody out of their lives. Is there somebody that they can call? Well, there's definitely, like, for victims, there's victim resources. So if you are a victim of crime, um, there's a victim witness assistance program. There's also uh, women's, I think it's called women's assault hotline. There's, there's various numbers you can dial. Um, and th those resources can also put you in touch with other associations and resources in the community. Amazing. We need to take a break. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the dating and relationship show. Stick with us. We're talking about abusive relationships. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for tuning in on Sunday night here on the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. My co-host is Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, and we have special guest Leanne Townsend in studio with us. We're talking about abusive relationships, and Leanne is a family and criminal lawyer here in Toronto. And um, I just want to continue on the topic of abuse and what you can do about it. What if someone acts impulsively and instantly calls the police on their partner? Like, what happens next and what are the consequences? Well, the police, when they get the call, they're going to have to come out and investigate. And if there's an allegation that is, meets the criteria of a criminal offense, which like any form of assault would qualify, any threat to bodily harm or, or death would qualify, punching a wall could qualify. Punching uh, a wall? Yeah, that, that's a mischief. So, because sometimes people in that's a fit, interesting. Of, fit of anger might, which is also a danger sign that you're with someone that's got a, you know. Aggression. A, a, exactly, exactly. Issues, yeah. 
Um, but so if the police come and if there's, you know, enough, if there's a sign that there's a, a criminal offense has been committed, they're going to lay a charge. And the person who's charged is going to be removed from the home, um, you know, have to go to bail court or possibly be released at the station, be put on the conditions I was talking about earlier. And when um, are they allowed to come back home? Well, usually um, it's not until if the charge are. is resolved. Okay. So for for like first time offenders where it's not a serious offense, um, like people do call the police sometimes where it's a push or someone poured beer on their head or things <laughs> like that. Um, and really? those, those people are arrested and put on and removed from the home. Um, and put on conditions not to have contact and, you know, to stay stay out of the family home, um, which is what people don't always realize. Like, I mean, obviously, if you're punching someone in the eye and, and you're hurting, really hurting them, of course you would want them on those conditions. But sometimes people get in a heated argument and, again never right to push someone never you know it, it's a it's not an appropriate behavior under any circumstance but um either those those people are put on like the same types of conditions and um the the ministry of the attorney Gen- general has developed something called like an early intervention program so if it is a first-time offender and it's not a serious offense um, the person can usually have their bail varied to allow for contact and to return home if the victim consents in writing, which can be revoked. Um, but they have to usually enter a guilty plea um, or, or they might not have to do that in very exceptional circumstances. But And they have to go do a counseling program called the Partner Assault Response Program, the PAR oh program. Um, and so it's don't it's, be aggressive people <laughs> you don't want to go through this definitely not um, so yeah there's a fairly involved process once that charge is laid and a lot of the uh, the victims don't understand that they don't have control over that like the police have the, the authority and the decision mm-hmm. to lay the charge and the crowns have the authority to withdraw it not the victim yeah so so a lot, of, and I, I've heard that so many victims recant and change their story and want the Crown to withdraw the charges. And what happens in that situation? No go, right? It's it's a no go. Uh, and that happens frequently. Um, I mean, it's very common for victims to recant because by, from the time the charge is laid to the time it, if it's going to be a trial that it actually gets to court, I mean, sometimes that can be up to a year. And so... You know, in in that period of time, a lot can change in the victim's mind, too. And, you know, there's a lot of hardship on them sometimes having... And then they feel bad for the person. Yeah, they feel bad. Their kids, I love them, the kids, yeah, their mommy or daddy or whatever the case may be. Yeah, no, exactly. I want to talk about the double standard that exists between women and men, okay, when it comes to abusive relationships. So I'll give you an example. I know someone, uh, a male, who had been known to police, and he was in an abusive relationship. But this time around, the woman was abusing him. So his girlfriend was abusing him and she kept abusing him. So finally, he decided to, with advice from others, you know, decided to call the police because he thought, okay, one day she's going to call the police on me. So I want to do it first. Well, when the police got there, they arrested him. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, is the legal system working towards making changes so that this doesn't happen? Like, can you tell us anything about that? Uh, I think there has been some change. I mean, the reality is that that kind of situation is not the norm. I mean, it is more the exception than the norm. Um, but 
there are situations where they're both, um, you know, potentially one could be doing it in self-defense, but they're they're hitting on each other or beating each other. Um, and the police have to make a judgment call as to who is the primary aggressor here. Um, and that's the person who should be charged. And, you know, to make that decision, they'll look at, you know, injuries, the scene, like, is it consistent with what one of them is saying more than the other? Um, all of that. But it is a difficult, you know, I think situation for men who find themselves in that situation um, because they don't have the same resources available to them that women do. And there is more of a stigma, I think, um, for them to complain. Uh, I always remember having a, a male victim on a, a case and he told me that the police officer who uh, had arrested the female made the comment to him something like, what kind of man are you? Um, and so I think they ha- there is a still a little bit of that that, ha- that goes on. Yeah. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about abuse within different cultures. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show. We'll be right back. Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca. Sandra Carusi's right beside me. Mm-hmm. She's from Inside Joke. She has a funny show here on uh, Global News Radio 640 Toronto Sunday nights. 8 p.m. just before this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got to tune into that. And our special guest today is Leanne Townsend. She's a family and criminal lawyer here in Toronto. We're talking about abusive relationships. And now I want to talk about uh, abuse within different cultures. I think it's an important topic to talk about. And how some immigrant women face more challenges because abuse is acceptable within their culture and they're often shunned and isolated by their community for reporting it. What can you tell us about that, Leanne? Um, you must see some of this. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's a big problem um, because, you know, culturally, you know, they come from a country where maybe this was, it was okay to do this. So it, within their family, within their cultural community, even here in Toronto, it, it, you know, people are accepting it. So they, if they report it, um, they tend to be isolated from the community and often even their own family doesn't want anything to do with them. So you know, they've got this enormous guilt that they're having to deal with on top of everything else. Uh, And, you know, and there could be also language issues that make it harder for them to, you know, get the resources they need and feel comfortable. Because that's another thing in some countries, like the police are considered to be very corrupt as well. Mm -hmm. So they don't trust authority, they don't trust police. And it can be very complicated. And uh, when you deal with these types of situations, do you find that... um they do end up going back to their husbands? I mean, it's hard to say. that It happens a lot in all relationships. I mean, I would say more often than not, most people end up reconciling after someone is, is charged and even convicted. Um, you know, it's... it's it, it, I guess the hope is that the process maybe, and if the offender had to go and get counseling, that maybe there is going to, they have some hope for rehabilitation. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that these counseling programs do make some level of difference. And there are people who've gone through them who say that they did, they got them to look at things a little differently. Um, 
but uh, you know, it's it's just so common for them to. I mean, they have children together. Some of them have been yeah. married a long time. So, so, what happens in court? Like, do they use the fact that it's part of their culture to try to get away with doing what they? No, did? no, because oh, they, they know. I mean, we're okay. not going to. Our courts aren't <laughs> going to stand for that. No judge is going to. It's like you know, just because it's okay at back home. It's not okay here, and you need to go by our laws. And, you know, but that's in a courtroom. It's, you know, but mm-hmm. anywhere outside of that within the community, you know, you have elders in the community who are telling, you know, the victim that she, she's in the wrong and the offender's in the right. So that's what's really wow. hard. So let's talk about the, some of the standard legal steps involved in a case of domestic violence or abusive relationships. So once a charge is laid um, and the person's been released on bail, they're... Um, normally would be a situation where you'd have a Crown pretrial. So the if the defense lawyer would meet with the Crown to find out what the Crown's position is in terms of resolving the matter. Um, and if it's, it, there's these early intervention programs, which, which I think I touched on a little bit earlier, that, you know, if the, um, if it's a minor offense and the accused person doesn't have a record, um, then he might have the opportunity to plead guilty at an early point, have the bail changed, and then go complete a counseling program uh, and end up not getting a criminal record out of the situation. Um, if the matter is set for trial, though, that can be many, many months down the road, and the victim's going to be subpoenaed to testify. And that's a whole other situation because sometimes they don't turn up. Uh, there's, you know, sometimes you can't even find them to subpoena them. Um, but then, assuming you get them subpoenaed, they don't turn up for court. And then the crown is. What in, happens to them when well, they don't show up? That's where the crown is in a dilemma because they can get a warrant for the victim's arrest for not coming to court and disobeying a subpoena. So if it's a serious case, um, you're going to do that if you're the crown because you can't just let it go. Um, if it's, you know, was a push or something insignificant, you might make the decision um, to just withdraw the charge at that time. Hmm. So they get the wanted posters put up all over the city. <laughs> wanted. It's well, and it's it's could be you know you feel in a way like you're re-victimizing somebody. That's yeah, that's, the, that's problem the problem with it. Okay, now criminal law only recognizes physical abuse. Am I right, Leanne? Yes. Um, should we be asking for the laws to be changed to include emotional or psychological abuse? What and are your had, thoughts on that? How do you prove it? Well, and that's an interesting, you know, question. I because I think that you know, as you said, the effects can sometimes be just as bad, if not worse. But it is an issue of proving, and then it gets more into the he said, she said. But I mean, we have the criminal offense of threatening death, which is you know, or threatening bodily harm, which is a verbal offense. So how would proving, um, you know, the uh, mental abuse or verbal abuse necessarily be different than proving a death threat? Well, how about we have like iPhones now. We can tape people. Yeah, that's when well, that's going. Is that on. admissible in court? It's it's admissible if the person who's taping it, it like is a party of the conversation. Um, mm. It like if 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 you were speak- one person so in the I, conversation. So if I yeah. knew that my hubby was gonna, you know, get into it yes. with me, and I yes. and I was gonna tape him, would that be admissible? Yes, because you're you're okay. a part of it. But if um like if it was your say you had a brother 
and your brother was secretly taping you and your if you your hubby if you if you, if you had a hubby. <laughs> but to, yeah. <laughs> um, so if then in that case, if it was being done secretly, then there'd be admissibility problems. Okay, amazing conversation today. Love this show. I think we're helping a lot of people, and we need to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. Back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bilotta. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening each and every week. My co-host is Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes. We have Leanne Townsend. She's in studio with us, a family and criminal lawyer as well as a life coach. Thank you so much for being here today, for giving us all this amazing information. I want to talk about the children now. The children often suffer in these circumstances. And uh, so what are some of the long-term effects on children in these types of relationships? Uh, Well, the children definitely suffer. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, it's a a big issue. Um, A lot of research has been done that shows that... um, Boys who grow up in homes where father abuse is a, you know abusive towards mother, they end up being, being ab- abusers. Yeah. I and- think they can, and they can go both ways too, right? Because I know of cases specifically where they've become abusive, but then I've, I've seen cases where they go the opposite, where they're just like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that person. Yeah, I'm sure you could have that. If you know, that's obviously a positive one. But I know, like, just the studies show it's more likely, if, you know, that they'll end up being an abuser, and that the the girl in that situation will end up seeking out abusive relationships and being in abusive relationships. Yeah. So, and they grow up angry. Yeah, they grow up angry. They don't know how to manage anger either. Um, and a lot of people, like, they think that because the children might not be in the room when it's happening, they delude themselves into thinking that the children, you know, aren't affected or they Ugh. don't know about it. And, like, children are so much smarter than, you know, parents give them credit mm-hmm. for. And, um, you know, they children know, you know. Maybe it's not – sometimes it is happening, sadly, right in front of them, and they're even witnesses. But, you know, even if they're up in their rooms with terrified with the door closed, well, they know, I know what's going on. In our generation, Sandra, and I don't know if you went through this, mm-hmm. but, like, I mean, as kids, like, we were whacked a lot, and if we did something wrong, it was just, like, the wooden spoon and the <laughs> belt and – you know, and society's changed so much. Like these kids now, you can't lay a hand on them, right? But back in the day, like we were like beaten. <laughs> That's true. I mean, but and and everybody I talked to, even if they have the gentlest parents, they were hit. You know, and and I think that affects you too. But for sure, for sure. I mean, I think you know, I guess this whatever the research that's been done it's on spanking and stuff shows that. You know, it it does create, it teaches children that violence is a way to, you know, to cope or to punish people for things. So I guess that's why we don't do it anymore. Um, But even just also the, like, children in a home where there is violence, there's emotional, um, 
you know, trauma. And the police and the Crown attorneys actually have an obligation to report it to the children's aid. So mm-hmm. anytime there's a charge laid, people don't understand this as well. You know, husband's pushed mom or husband's done something worse, God forbid, and police are called. Children's aid are going to be sh- contacted. Yeah, I, I know just recently I heard of something like that where this couple was fighting a lot and the kids reported it in like when when they went for counseling to the therapist the therapist said you these kids report this to me one more time we're calling children's aid and yeah. we're going to take the children out of the home physically oh, they said yeah. that flat they out they did eh? flat out so there's no joke. You can't, uh, yeah. No, and if you have someone who's repeatedly going back to an abusive relationship, say mom is just c- repeatedly going back. Are you going to get the children's aid? Exactly, exactly. So what help is there for these children? Well, I mean, I guess there's, you know, teachers and, and sc- schools are people that they can, you know, reach out to. And the children's aid is, I guess, the biggest resource that's there specifically mm-hmm. for them. There's a distress line they can call. Yeah, I'm sure there is. But most of them won't too, because kids are afraid. They don't, yeah. and they don't want to see their their parents get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, and they want to be it's with true. their parents. You know, so like true. most yeah. kids, no matter how bad their home environment, they still want to be with their parents. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a really tough issue. But for children that have gone through abuse, what kind of help is is there for them specifically? Like after they've gone through abuse, and mm-hmm. you know, your maybe your relationship's fine now, or you you know you dump the guy or the girl, whatever, and now you want to move on, but your children are still suffering. Well, I, I mean, I guess there's always counseling, counseling for yeah, sure, therapy. and and you know, and I'm sure the children's aid could put them in touch with various you know, resources um, and put the family in touch with resources that, you know, would be helpful for the child. But counseling would, would definitely be something that they would benefit from. And and what if you suspect a neighbor or someone that you know is in an abusive relationship? What should you do? I, I would suggest, I mean, that you you talk to the victim, mm-hmm. um, and but not in a way that's going to embarrass embarrass her or him, because then they're probably going to deny it and, and feel ashamed. But if you can approach it in a way that, you know, is compassionate, um, you know, talk to them. But but if you think that person's in serious, is in danger, you know, I think you have to call the police. Yeah. You know, one wants Especially to call the if they don't the want to do anything about it themselves, yeah. then you need to do and something. And if there's kids in up. the home, think about the kids. Like, think that you're, you know, if this, if the adult doesn't want to do anything to protect themselves, maybe and, do it to help, help And the you children. can do it anonymously. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We need to take a break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Well, it's a new year and a new day, and it's time for a new direction. Time to say yes. Yes to building equity for yourself through real estate. Call or email me and let's get started right now. So they can reach you at HEP at bosleyrealestate.com, 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 
And we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta of singleinthecity.ca, co-host Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, and Leanne Townsend, a family and criminal lawyer, is in studio with us. We're talking about abusive relationships. Leanne, is there any difference if the abusive relationship is happening between gay, lesbian, or trans couples? Well, the law is still the same. I mean, the the offenses would still be the same. But I think the difference is that there's a lot less support out there for victims in those communities. Um, You know, when women are victims, we do have women's shelters, um, assaulted women's helpline. Like, there's a lot of different resources because definitely the largest group of, of victims of partner abuse are women. So that's, I guess, why we've directed the resources there. But for people in the gay community or the trans community, I think it's harder for them to they're already dealing with stigmas and issues and then now they've got you know an, an, an extra stigma potentially and they don't have the support wouldn't it there. just fall under common abuse though I mean if you're abused you're abused no because in it's, it's different not, in the no? context of a relationship okay. I mean it, it's different than if you're you know in a friend friend with someone or a family member because the the, the relationship dynamics are different so it, mm-hmm. it's still the partner you know it's still the same as partner abuse so what are some of the common groups or resources then that you suggest for people after um, confronting the issue? Well, I think that there, there's a lot of resources in the community and certainly um, there's a lot of, you know, even if someone were to Google victims, you know, resources, Ontario, there'd be all kinds of information that would come up. There's Assaulted Women's Helpline. Um, there's also something called the Victim Crisis Assistance Ontario, which helps um, if, if the victims go to their website. There's also a whole resource of information there. Um, and a lot of these agencies can also refer victims to other resources, too, within the community, like counseling and and. Um, you know, housing, because some of them, you know, if they have to find a new home, like there's so many things they need and, and cultural, whether they need interpreters and things like that. All of that stuff's available. And like the Ministry of the Attorney General has a lot of information on their website as well. And uh, for those of you listening at home, I will be posting um, some of the phone numbers uh, of, of what Leanne just suggested on our Facebook page, Dating and Relationship Show. So if you like us on there, you can get all this information. Okay, now let's talk about, because we haven't yet, and I think it's important, what about the aggressor? What kind of help is there for the aggressor? Well, I mean, counseling. Someone might be listening and going, well, yeah, I'm a little aggressive. I need help. So Counseling is definitely a big one. And I mean, if they end up getting charged, then the Partner Assault Response Program, which is a 16-week uh, program that offenders go through. It's a group counseling program aimed specifically at, you know, violence in the context of a, a relationship. Um, it's offered at various locations around the city, different languages. Um, there's that. But if you're not actually charged with something and you recognize you've got an, an issue that you need help with, uh, you know, counseling is definitely something that you need. And, and why should people not be ashamed to get counseling? Because there are so many people, you know, that are ashamed of it, but they shouldn't be. They definitely shouldn't be. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer we all could benefit from counseling. I don't think there's anyone alive, you know, that really couldn't benefit from having some form of counseling. Um, and I think as a society, we are moving a little more in, you know, it's less stigma to say, oh, I saw my therapist the other day. Or um, I think we, we are moving away from the stigma somewhat. 
somewhat. Um, but I think, you know, if you're in this situation, like, do you want to end up in jail? Do you want to end up hurting someone you love? Or do you want to get counseling? Now, counseling usually costs money. And there are people out there that can't afford therapy. So what about those people? Uh, where can they get some help? There are resources available for those people um, where cost is, you know, on a sliding scale. Um, and so they just need to access those resources to get the help they need. Okay. And I'll, I'll be posting those resources on the Dating and Relationship Show on our Facebook group as well. Well, it's hard to know what the right thing to do or first step should be when dealing with an abusive relationship, whether you're in it or going through it with someone that you know. I'm, I hope that we were able to offer some support and that everyone has learned something from our discussion with Leanne. Thank yes. you so much, Leanne, for joining us and offering your perspective and the facts on going through an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. You are amazing. Thank uh, you. To learn more about Leanne, you can visit her website at Leanne Townsend. That's T-O-W-N-S-E-N-D dot C-A. And to learn about Sandra over here, you can listen to her (laughs) show, uh, Inside Jokes, right here, 8 p.m. on Sunday nights. It's very funny. (laughs) And uh, to learn more about my dating services and great events in the city, you can visit singleinthecity.ca. And uh, and that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening each and every week. See you next week. Ciao for now. (laughs) 